Welcome to the Midwest Film Nids Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to go over some listener feedback. We're going to talk about what we've been watching. We're going to hit some film news. And then finally we're going to do a review of Morton Tildum's The Imitation Game. Uh, before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Write us some feedback at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast uh, on Facebook and Vine. MidwestFilmNerds.com and iTunes for all of our previous 107 plus bonus episodes with full show notes, including timestamps. And uh, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. We might play it on air and talk about it. Check out that Vine. Yeah, check out our, our most recent Vine. Alex and I just made a Vine. Yeah, it was beautiful. I haven't even seen it yet. Yep. It's Pretty hot excited. off the press. It's hot. Hot um, and fresh. By the way, on MidwestFilmNerds.com, we have uh, an article on the racial diversity in the Star Wars saga written by one <laughs> Gojo, star of stage and screen. Please go check it out. It is fantastic. It's really funny. I think uh, you guys will all enjoy it. But uh, mm-hmm. So before we get to our what we've been watching segment, uh, we have some feedback on our Hobbit episode from Sam S. on Facebook. He said, the film industry in general is so strange and twisted. My absolute favorite trilogy that I always rewatch in marathon form, of course, when inspiration is needed, is Lord of the Rings. The absolute worst trilogy I've seen, I have been forced to watch from a cursed sense of loyalty, is The Hobbit. I just don't understand. How can a director rise so high and fall so low in, in, the, cinem- in the same cinematic realm? Damn you, Jackson. And then he said, one last thing. <laughs> I support Lynn taking on Star Trek, but how awesome would it be if Edgar Wright took the helm of the franchise as rumors initially hinted? A right Star Trek could have been batshit crazy in the best way. Speaking of right, have you all reviewed Scott Pilgrim? That would be a great episode. All right, thanks. Um, Thanks for letting me rant on your page. Keep up the great cast. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Cast like apostrophe C-A-S-T? Well, yeah, I think that's how he meant it. Oh. And uh, I also want to note Sam has a profile picture with Jeff Bridges. Oh, he's the Jeff Bridges guy. Yeah, I know, right? Sweet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, can you tell us about that? Like, how, that, yeah, please, please explain. Please this. write in and let us know no, where that happened. And can we please meet him? Well played, Sam. Now Are we're you friends the ones with him? asking questions. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Do you do you know Jeff Bridges? You guys like hang out? Yeah, we'd like to hang out with him. Write in feedback at Midwest. If anybody listening listens or t- hangs out with Jeff Bridges, please write in immediately. And yeah, let us know. Even if you haven't hung out with Jeff Bridges and you want to, just <laughs> tell us your story of what you would do with Jeff Bridges. Yep. Yep. Anyway, back to the feedback. Uh, I think all of us agree with Lord of the Rings and Hobbit talk that you spoke there. No, I love that. No, I don't. Love that. I'll, <laughs> I'll get into a little more on that and the, what we've been watching. But um, I think I, real quick, I, I, I said this. I haven't seen the third one yet, but with the first two, I think a director can fall. I don't remember what he said exactly, but a director can fall from grace when he doesn't give a shit about the other three movies he's making. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. I think I feel about it. Yeah. Wouldn't that, rather be making the movies he already made. I think that yeah, that rang true with our with our review as well. I think his his heart wasn't in it. But yeah. I'm halfway through that right now, so thoughts on Lynn Lynn's or uh, Edgar Wright Star Trek that we could have had? I don't think he was right for the material. <laughs> I don't really uh I would not have been <laughs> wild about getting ready to see an Edgar Wright Star Trek movie. No, I think it's probably a little bit too big of a pool for him to swim in, maybe. Yeah. I mean I, he could. He could very well just spread his wings and and soar and be amazing at like these huge tentpole blockbuster things. But I think he's really good at his like moderately high budgeted kind of original stuff. But he closed off his trilogy, so who knows what the hell yeah, I'm, we can I'm, expect. He's somebody that I'm very interested to see where he goes next, but I'm not super disappointed that he's not doing Star Trek. So Yeah. I don't I don't know what, what the hell Justin Lin's gonna do. It's I'm interested. Yeah. I you know, it, he's the franchise savior, as is known. Yeah, I guess that's true. So maybe maybe uh, I didn't think about it that way. Maybe maybe he will skyrocket Star Trek into the success mm. that the Fast and Furious series is seeing. But Too Fast was a way better movie than Star Trek Into Darkness. So <laughs> I mean, that's, so he's got way better material to work with. He had way or better no, he had to work yeah. That's Come true. on now. What if he careful. recasts Star Trek with the cast of like Fast Seven? <laughs> what if it was just Fast and the Furious in space? But, oh, like so in is Spock. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, but Paul Walker would have had to be Kirk. Oh, I mean, man. We're not going to get that now. I mean, yeah, Han is clearly uh, Sulu. I mean, obviously, right? That's racist. Uh, I, I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I got to think of the right. I think uh, Roman Roman would be... Uh, wait, Roman is Tyrese? Yep. Yeah. 
I think uh, I almost think a, a Roman a Roman Spock would have been pretty good. I said Ahura. Vin, Vin and Spock would be funny. Tyrese and Drake. Now you're racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, what's what's uh, what's uh, oh my god, what's Luda, Luda's name? Luda would have Tej. to be the, the Russian guy. He'd have to be the translator. Tej. Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be yeah. good. <laughs> That'd be who, awesome. who, who would be uh, Scotty? That's tough. The Rock. Ooh. Imagine him sweaty in the boiler room, like with a Scottish accent, <laughs> trying to do a Scottish accent. <laughs> It'd be beautiful. It'd be amazing. All It'd right, let's not get our. Fan He'd be base. bones. Let's not get our fan base excited with a movie that they're never going to see. Sorry, guys. I'm already really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll see. I, I are they then? Never mind. That's a stupid question. Let's continue. All right, you guys ready for what we've been watching? Who wants to go first? Um, I can I can go first. All right, really. What have you been watching? Um, I watched uh the one I love last night. Yeah, yeah. It w- I gotta watch it again. <laughs> it's weird. Do you though? I don't know. I mean, like, like I feel. I don't know. Nancy's ears are burning somewhere. I feel like, I feel like Nift is on, Nick is on the left side of your Nift. Nift. Nift is on the left side of your shoulder, and I'm the right side. Who is right this, this Nift you speak of? <laughs> what creep? He's friends with Mister Man. That, that is my Elven uh, projection. <laughs> yeah, your little forest. Yes, pixie. my astral form. He's friends um, with Mister Manfactus. <laughs> they're really good. Friends. Nift Manfactus. <laughs> That's his full name. <laughs> Nift Manfactus. <laughs> My goodness, glorious! Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. I ca- I can't say I liked it, but I. There's a great podcast you should listen to called the Midwest Film News Podcast. Yeah, we can... did an episode of Starring Lance. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I haven't listened to it yet because I just saw the movie, guys. Yeah. So yep, get off my back. That's fair. No, I'm just right? saying. Just get I'm off my back to to uh, uh, debrief yourself on the film. Okay. Um, it, may, it may help you. Kind I of watched hone in. a documentary called Dinosaur Thirteen. Which is about the um, discovery and excavation of the largest T Rex and most complete T Rex skeleton, Sue. You've probably seen yeah. her, a picture yep. of her at least. At the Chicago Field Museum. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's Sue. And um, kind of about how the paleontologists that found her uh, basically, th- the FBI came and they're like, we're taking this, sorry. <laughs> And like, it was horrible. The whole, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away because it, most people probably don't know the whole. Yeah, story about it. It's very interesting. It'll make you kind of think a little bit about some of those museums, and just about like like, did the people who actually discovered these things like get any credit or like I don't know. It's just the whole thing's really sad. But it was really interesting. That's on Amazon. Okay, rented on Amazon. It's not on Netflix. Um, and then I I've been watching a little bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine. All right. Um, the first season. So far, I think I'm I'm only like five or six in. It's, this is this it's is the Parks and Rec uh, version office of, crew of uh, police office. Yeah, basically. it's not. Well, it it doesn't. No, it is. It's the same people, but it's not. Yeah. It doesn't do the uh, the interview style true, as much. Yeah, yeah. It, Parks and Rec didn't do it as much as the Office either. So it's it's gradually kind of straying away. It's a little from more that. doc style though. Yeah, it is. It seems um, like they shoot it like cop shows are shot, where there's a lot of handheld. Like, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which is kind of fun because it. Feels like a legitimate cop show, but it's it's not. Has Dennis Franz ever pop up? Not yet. Okay, I'm hoping for for a Franz. Stick tuned. Terry Crews um, and, and Andre Brower are on the cast. So. Yeah, I've watched a few episodes of them. Yeah. They're it's both I. they're both really funny. The whole cast is really. They're funny. both the standouts for sure. Yeah, and um, Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio is really funny. Yeah. Um, I'm only a few episodes. Like, like I said, five or six in. Uh, this is the kind of show I think that it's going to take a little longer to find out if I really. I've, I've enjoyed it enough to keep watching it. Okay. So there you have it. Of course, I bought the first season because it was like really cheap. So yeah. at this point, I might as well finish it. But uh, no, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Good. I don't want to make it sound like I don't like it. I Good. So yeah, nice. no, I think that's. I think that's. I've been watching a lot of stuff actually, and I don't. I, I don't yeah, remember all fair. of those things, but um, those are kind of a three standouts, I guess. All right, uh, Nick, what have you been watching? I've been watching. Uh, I got all caught, on, caught up on Arrow, and I watched the first half of the first season of The Flash. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, please. Copy. Um, I like The Flash a lot, which is very surprising to me and everyone involved. Yep. Because I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. I do like it quite a bit. Um, I consider myself a pretty big fan of The Flash. He's probably my favorite DC character. Um, and it's it's really good. It lives up to uh, to a lot of the things that I had hoped it would. So, yeah. Uh, recommended for sure. Um, Arrow, eh, you know, if you've, been, if you've been watching it, keep watching it. There's yep. no reason to stop. 
Um, I also am trying to catch up on some last minute 2014 movies because I'm thinking about that end of the year, the lists I have to make. Uh, I watched Snowpiercer in the last two days, and I watched. Well, I started uh, a long way or the long way down, whatever it's called. I haven't finished it yet, so I can't weigh in on that. Which one's long way down? Just remind me real quick. Pierce Brosnan. Okay, I know Paul. Yep. Um, So far, that's good. Uh, Snowpiercer was okay. I I really wanted it to blow my mind out of the out of the universe, but it didn't at all. (laughs) Um, I'll have to re-listen to the episode, though, because I listened to most of uh, your guys' review, but I stopped at the spoilers. Yeah. That's scary. Because I did really want to see it. Um, I think the first half of it is pretty boring and very stock, and then the second half gets very interesting, and the ending is one of the dumbest endings I think I've ever seen in my life. So um, it didn't leave a good on a good note for me. Um, but I think there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, I want to see what else uh, Bong Joon-ho? Bong Joon-ho? Let's see what else he's going to do because he certainly has an eye for, I don't know, design. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things in the movie, and some of the cast is really good. Chris Evans is really good. I realize Chris Evans is really good at playing like good dudes who do the bad right thing. <laughs> like he play he's really like his character in Snowpiercer and Sunshine are very similar. Yeah, yeah they and he's really good are. at playing that guy, which is funny because he's really good at playing like the goodest good guy there is, like yeah. Captain America. He does like he does that. He does like a d- damaged, the r- incredibly reluctant leader, like yes. the guy who does yeah. not want to step up and and like be in that position, but is yeah. kind of bound. He has to do it. Yeah, he so. was really good, uh, and and the supporting cast was really good too in in Snowpiercer for the most part. So uh, it's an interesting movie. Um, I'd say like a six point five. I think is what I said earlier out of ten. Yeah, but um, and then Alex and I both saw Whiplash, and I don't know if if we should talk about that really briefly. Sure. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Mm. It was really good. It's kind of a weird movie because it doesn't really, it's not, I, I my first sentence, I think when it was over, as I said to you, it's almost not a movie Yeah, because it doesn't have much of a plot, but it's pretty brisk. It doesn't feel too short. It feels like just the right length, but it's very engaging the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's really nice and it's, it's well, it's very well made all around. The, the, the two leads are fantastic. And I think it's one of those great examples of a director who just got out of the way. Yeah. Who just like, said, here's the story I want to tell, and I'm going to do a couple cool camera moves, but other than that, you guys just take it, and I'll just hang here and watch. JK, both of them, JK and uh, Miles yeah, Teller. Yeah, so this is the first movie I've ever strong. seen Miles Teller in. He is he is really, really good. He's mm-hmm. terrific in this movie. I would not be like, I would not scoff at him getting any like nominations for anything. He probably won't, but I wouldn't be like, yeah. Yeah. He is never going to be Mr. Fantastic, though. So <laughs> let's just get that. I was the whole movie. I was like, show me something that makes me think you could play this part. He's going to be Nift Man Factus. So it's <laughs> Nift, cool. Nift, yes. He'll play, he'll play my names, my, my now new name. <laughs> he can do that. He can handle that. Probably. I mean, the, the role of Nift requires a, a man of, of intensity and Truly. charisma and a chameleon-like ability to just get in there. Yep. I'm glad I'm never going to live this one down. <laughs> just no, make things happen. <laughs> oh, it was a really good movie, though, especially if you if you were if involved in music in high school at all. Totally see it. I, I was quite a big fan, although I was urging two band director friends to go see the movie, and they interestingly told me that this movie's being very much talked about in their circles uh, as akin to Drumline. What drumline? Like, isn't that with Nick Cannon? In terms of the portrayal to the reality of what is going on in the movie, they just think it's absolutely ludicrous the things that occur. In terms, and these are people that have been to music school. They haven't been to the like top music school, but I, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Like they, they don't like the people that they know, the the band directors that have been in the biz that have seen the movie are basically like laughing at it because of how ridiculous they think it is. I could see there maybe be some truth to that. Yeah. But I but could I, also see this movie being somewhat true. But and and and, <laughs> and beside that fact, I still think it's a really fantastic film like it tells an that's true at the end of the day it's a movie <laughs> yeah and it's it's just a really compelling story between the two like how the two characters kind of revolve around each other in the first place that it you know it's a good story absolutely definitely, and it's an interesting dynamic i mean yeah it, it's it, it it's tough when you see a movie that is 
somewhat about your occupation to not kind of judge it that way. Yeah. But I mean, cops don't leave movies going, that's just like the time I shot a gas tank and a car blew up behind me and I walked away. <laughs> yeah. like, it is the movies, guys. But I I did not find it too hard to believe that there would be people out there like that. Me neither. So Me neither. Whatever, band teachers. <laughs> You're... Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Hey, you know. Yeah, it was really good, though. I think it, it definitely is a standout. I'm glad we, we snuck in. It's literally the last day it was showing the theaters, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, Well done. Um, what okay. else have you been watching? I did a 12-hour Lord of the Rings marathon yesterday. Jesus. All of the extended editions <laughs> of Lord of the Rings with eight meals, all Hobbit-themed. Uh, I can pull up some of the... I'm, I'm gonna, I might record a little something with some of the people that were there. Where did you do this? Uh, this is at my friend's house. At, uh, is this like an annual thing? It's going to be now, <laughs> probably. Oh, my God. You're going to hate those movies so much in a couple <laughs> years. But um, <laughs> so in terms of the menu, we did, we did the seven uh, normal Hobbit meals. Um, so of course. <laughs> you know, duh. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So, what kind so, of garbage hobbit fan would only do six? It's true. Uh, so we Scrub did ass breakfast hobbits. with almond Total flour. Total Sackville Baggins move. <laughs> we did breakfast with almond flour biscuits, uh, jam and butter, and tea and coffee. Uh, second breakfast was porridge, sausage, and apples. The sausages were fantastic. Elevens uh, was uh, bacon-wrapped dates, also good. Mm. Luncheon was cured meats, bread, and buttered mushrooms. Amazing. Uh, afternoon tea was lembas bread and tea. Awesome. Uh, dinner was chicken chili. Supper was roasted potatoes and roasted root vegetables. And then finally we had a, an eighth course, which was dessert, uh, which was pie. It was a berry pie. But other than the menu, I don't think there's any other way that I can watch these movies now. You mean all three back to back, the longest ass editions available? It's got to, that's, it's, I think that's just how it's got to be done. I think it's a, I think it's the best way to watch those movies. Like. Like you get a meal, like, and, and that's the interesting thing is that's how Tolkien wanted to publish the book. He wanted one super long book. Yeah, it's true. And they said no, make it three, and he said okay. And now they're publishing it as one book <laughs> nowadays. But zombie I, Tolkien will be will be pleased. Hopefully, yeah. But um, <laughs> have, I, have I told the story real quick about how Zach? Started watching them backwards. No, no, you've told me. You didn't tell it on the podcast. So he used to, when Zach, my little brother Zach, when he would, uh, he's a fellow hemophiliac. And um, when he would come home from school, like with like a, like a sore ankle or an elbow or something, he would always watch the Lord of the Rings movies, like the extended ones on DVD. And he, he had a bad string of ankle stuff. So like he was at home for a long time and he'd keep watching these movies. And I'd come home from school one day. And I'm like, dude, you're already on Return of the King. Like he had, he had like left class early or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I'm watching him backwards. He's like, I'm tired of watching him the right way. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so anyway, maybe that's the way it's meant to be viewed. I, I don't. I, Zach will have to tell us uh, what he what he learned from that. I, and I super told, high on pain meds and backwards. <laughs> when you when you told me, I thought about you meant that. like literally they were backwards. Like like a ring jumps out of a volcano onto a guy's hand and then he walks <laughs> home with it. <laughs> be amazing. Um. But no, I, I I had a pretty fantastic time. It was I'm still full from yesterday. Seriously, that was a lot of food. But honestly, I'm I, I would be as much as I don't like the movies. I think it would be interesting to watch the Hobbit movies that way. I think they would play better as one long film. I have no doubt they'll play better. I fully yeah. intend on watching all three because I, be, I haven't watched them since the theater. So. Whether yeah. or not the extended one, oh man. That's the thing is that I don't like, know if I can stomach more of those I don't movies. think we need to bloat what was already there more, but, and I still, I would love to sit there and cut it down into one or two movies as well, but I still think it, it would be interesting because I, like, I, when I listen back to our reviews of the first and second Hobbit, I enjoyed both of those, but, I think the second one kind of fell away over time, especially considering what it was in comparison to the source material and just what it did in general. It didn't do much. I don't remember anything about that movie. I don't. There's I, not really. Nothing. I There's remember Thorin body surfing on a river of molten gold and going. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the first comment on the official topic for the Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies. Nick, your your Thorin comment re- reminded me of this. 
This is quote. And then Legolas did a sick backflip and decapitated like 15 orcs at once. It was gnarly, quote J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> I read that and I was like, yeah, that's that's this movie. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a Universal Studios ride, this yeah. movie. It's just like really corny and like The Mummy. That's what I keep coming back to is The Mummy. <laughs> Reminds me of, of The Mummy. Movies, the Mummy Returns. Really, that bad? Yeah, mm. yeah. Just it, not even bad. Just that dull. Yeah, that vapid. It's just empty CGI. Yeah, but yeah. Well, yeah. As PJ did say, franchises are what's killing movies, and pushing towards too much new technology is what's ruining movies. Good thing he used all of it. Yes, for The Hobbit. This is real that you said that. I don't I know, know if we talked I know. about that. I we I we like I, I talked about it in the group text because it was like the first thing that I read after I had, after I saw the. Hobbit. I think I actually like threw up in my mouth a little bit. Like oh my! Oh my I God. I laughed really really hard. It's the most. It was that comment is like one of those sneaky burps where you like feel a little bit of puke coming to the top of your throat, <laughs> and you're just like oh oh man, where did that come from? Well, we can we can move into film news now. All right, um, this is basically that. <laughs> So uh, I think number one that I wanted to do, we've got uh, Bob Orsi is apparently completely off of Star Trek Three now. Uh, uh, isn't he still producing? Or did they kick him out of that chair too? I, what does that even mean at this point? They're just pulling all the chairs out he's, from under him. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's on the floor. They keep removing the back from his uh, crew chair. <laughs> da, 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 da. Can we just cue the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you put that in there for a second? After Star Wars... Or yep. Star Wars... Star Trek yeah. is safe. Do, 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 I'll throw it in there. <laughs> this is the musical episode. <laughs> no, I... None of us are unhappy about this. This is no, universally it's, a good it's thing. It's awesome. It's... It's really beautiful. And I, I hope we get, like, a real account of what happened... Like these, it's really beautiful. It is. It's it's just like it's it's. I feel like there's an amount of hubris in it, and just the fact that he was like, "Yes, I can take the director's chair," and then finally Paramount was like, "Uh, n- n- no." As it turns out, Bob, <laughs> you you can't. <laughs> I can't believe that that was even a serious consideration. That it was on the table, let alone official, for like six months. Do you I think mean, it was just to make him like like keep him happy and from getting upset with people? Newsflash. I found somebody. Directing is probably the hardest job involved in making a movie. And you should have some experience at it before you try to make you know, Star Trek 3. Sometimes the best way to do it is just trial by fire, Nick. You just hop right out of the director's chair and straight in, or hop right out of the writer's chair and go right into the director's chair. Transcendence. <laughs> Literally, what I was just gonna say. I wonder if the if the failure of that made a lot of studios go, ooh, maybe we should put the water boy back on the sidelines and put the starting QB back in, because. Yeah. Anyway, it's awesome. I'm sure Tim's happy. I mean, he probably doesn't really care because he doesn't really like these movies a ton anyway, but I know he really doesn't like Bob Orsi. <laughs> but he's been watching a lot of Deep, uh, Deep Space Nine, though. He wanted me to tell everybody that. Oh, that's Yeah, good. he's on yeah, season five, yeah, yeah. which he said after season three and a half, things get good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he wanted me to let you guys know. Ooh, uh, three and a half years in. Yep. Beautiful. He, he's, he's, he's having a good time. Deep Space so. Nine is Avery Brooks, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Tim's jam. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. The other news has Ian McClingon showed up yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> okay. In uh, in other news, uh, we've talked about it the past two weeks, so I'm ready to not talk about it anymore. But the interview came out. Good job, Sony. Great marketing campaign. Was it out in job like, well wide? Like in N- no, I don't think so. Weird I haven't sporadic followed theaters. It that. No, it's in sporadic theaters. Supposedly, it made ten million dollars. I the think past. you can you can rent it or from like iTunes. Well, no, something. it made ten million dollars in theaters. Supposedly, just in the limited screens that it was on, and then it's apparently made sixteen million dollars from the internet streaming off of YouTube and like the interview dot com. That's and, a very small amount of money. I mean, made its budget back yet. It it it's a small amount of money, but it went like that sixteen million went straight to Sony. That's all budget recovery right there. And they didn't pay they didn't pay anything for uh marketing. I they guess. got it all they got it all free. It may so. it may prove to be an interesting experiment for other studios to like consider <laughs> to fake conspiracy to, to conspire. No, to, no, I mean just releasing directly to like that, yeah, that's, YouTube or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I probably had to pay for some of that, but it's nothing compared, I'm sure, to, to theater chains. No. That's eh, interesting, though, because theaters don't make a ton of money off of, off of tickets. 
the, the lion's share of that, and then some goes back to the to the studios. Well, yeah, well I've heard it's something like fifty percent, but I'm sure it depends on I think the movie it's a lot more. and the studio and. Because movie theaters make most of their money on concessions and that. That's, That's why they're so exorbitantly yeah. priced. Yeah. So it, it'd be interesting. But the thing that, make, that that tickles me a little bit is that all the reviews for it are kind of like, oh, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Or it's like middling. And I, it's just funny because people were raging to see this. And I was like, what do you expect? Yeah. But And that's the thing is that they made it into completely not about the movie. Like the whole situation was not about the movie anymore. True. But... Just watch Spies Like Us instead. Yeah. Ooh. Much, much better decision to make. I'm Ooh. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we can move into our full-length review. Yeah. That's it for news, huh? Slow, uh, slow week all around. I'm yeah, cool there's not a whole lot going on news-wise. Let's do this. What are, we do- what are we doing next week? What episode? Do we know? What? What are we doing next week? What movie are we seeing? Let's find out. Did I just dig a, dig a hole for us? Open the Pandora's box, let's, Alex. Let's the Pandora's box. We don't know yet. Okay. Next week, next week we're doing our 10. Our 10 most anticipated? Next week we're doing our 10 most anticipated movies of 2015. Excellent. That's the whole episode? Yep. Cool. Sick. Cirque. 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 Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's your film news. Film news segment. We are doing a podcast next week. Yeah, we are. Yeah, killer. Our podcast news. This is our last podcast of 2014. Woo! True. We are going out in style or something. I don't know. This is an interesting episode so far. (laughs) It'll be good. I like it. It's free wheeling. I'm having fun. I'm gonna find this episode in the edit somewhere, so it'll be all right. Yeah, have fun with that. Much like Bob Orsi would have found his movie in the edit. Ooh. Mm. Or maybe not at all. But no, he wouldn't have. No. Bob Orsi shoots it like Terrence Malick. It's just (laughs) months and months of just shooting. That probably would be actually his wet dream. Just all of you guys stay in character all the time. <laughs> we'll just film everything. Everyone come to my house. <laughs> you know what? If I'm director, I don't have to write the script. I can just make you guys say things on set. It can be organic. <laughs> it's like playing with action figures <laughs> all over again. This is, a, this is a horror story. Like This is a horror movie Oof. waiting to happen. All right. I'm so glad it's not, though. Okay. On to our full review of The Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Keira Knightley, Matthew Good, uh, Rory Kinnear, Charles Dance, uh, Mark Strong, Strong Dance, the comedy duo. Um, the synopsis on IMDb. <laughs> the synopsis on IMDb says English mathematician and logician Alan Turing helps correct the Enigma code during World War II. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you guys have any? Did you know Alan the name Alan Turing before this came about? No, Nick. Yes. Okay. Um, I've always been intrigued by the story, intrigued and, and saddened by the story of Alan Turing, uh, the man known as the father of modern computing, basically. And um, I was excited to be able to see a biopic, and I was happy that somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch was attached to the pro- project. I think, you know. A venerable actor such as himself uh, could bring a lot to it. But did he do that? Nick, your thoughts? Uh, I was really looking forward to this. I think when it was announced and underway, I was like, oh, yeah. Because I, I read about touring probably like four or five years ago. And I was like, wow, that's pretty fascinating. I didn't know yeah. all that was going on. And that he, you know, he's... He was, at the time, on the internet, from what I read, I mean, bearing that in mind, he was kind of a martyr for, like, maybe not even just gay rights, but just, like, human rights yeah. and, like, you know, uh, how how much things have progressed. And it, it was kind of cool to read, like, how, how far things have come since, since his era, but it was very sad because he always shows up on, like, those, like, lists of, like, people that don't get credit for what they did type things. And, yeah. um, you know, those are a thing. And so I was really looking forward to the movie and the, and the trailer right away. I kind of was like, mm, cause the trailer is very spoilery. It's like, it's the trailer almost recaps the entire movie in like two and a half minutes. And I was about to say, I don't know what we can really do in terms of spoilers on this. I don't really feel that comfortable telling people. I think like, we'll know what to step around. Okay. Cause I was kind of thinking, we're going to want to cut to the chase in our actual criticism, criticism of the movie. Sure. But um, 
this is history. It's out there. If you really, really want to see the movie without knowing anything, <laughs> go ahead. Well, there was a lady uh, sitting in front of us when the movie ended. She's like, I didn't know that was a, based on a real person. And like, I thought. <laughs> was, was she British? No, she was for my, my rendition. She turned into Emma Thompson halfway through. Um, the movie was so British that she, she everyone walked out. It's the Madonna effect. It was very English. It was hard for me not to speak like an Englishman after the, the, after the movie. I just thought I'd suddenly have a mustache and like an awesome scarf afterwards. Um, Cumber- somebody... There was a there was a comment on Reddit that put it perfectly, and I don't. Sorry, Reddit user, I can't give you credit because I don't know who you are. But uh, it said basically, if Cumberbatch wasn't in it, it would have been a made-for-TV movie about Alan Turing, and that is the most perfect one-sentence review for this movie. Cumberbatch is very good. Um, some of the supporting cast is good. Some of it's not. Some of it's really unremarkable. Unfortunately, from what I've read, Cumberbatch's portrayal is. Not historically accurate in the slightest for the most part. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that is the fault of the writing, and he just kind of rolled with it. And if if we were to make this a fictionalized account of Alan Turing, then it's great because he's very good in it. He definitely brings brings a lot. And he's very he's very funny and like in like that in kind of a kind of a shameful way though. Like the movie kind of Basically, while we were watching the movie, I felt a little bored the whole time because yeah. I felt like I knew exactly where it was going. The movie doesn't bother to challenge you at all with the mechanics of how his machine works or how the government works. It's not like it's never very tense, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as kind of a counterpart, if I can use that. He's very, he kind of plays not a similar character in that, but he, he's kind of dealing with that same kind of top secret stuff. And he's amazing in that movie. And that movie's very suspenseful. Yeah. And this movie never once do I feel like. He's in danger of losing his job or or anything. I'm just kind of like along for the ride. And his portrayal, I thought, felt very like too on the nose, Hollywood Oscar bait, like tortured genius, feel sorry for me. And I was like, maybe that's just the movie. But then some of the reading I did after the fact reveals that the real Alan Turing wasn't really like that at all in real life. And he was actually a very charming, likable guy that everybody he worked alongside liked. Yeah, and he made progress immediately. Like, there's a lot of fact historical inaccuracies with the timeline in this movie and him and his relationship with his people. So, I guess if I didn't know any of that going into the movie, which I didn't, and the movie was excellent, I wouldn't have known any better. But because I f- felt all that anyway, and then reading just kind of confirmed my suspicion, I was like, okay, this feels very Hollywooded. Mm-hmm. So, it's disappointing. Yeah. The movie has a couple strong things about it. The score is pretty good. It has kind of a cool theme that runs throughout. Cumberbatch, like I said, is very good. Um, some of the direction is good, but overall it's kind of... Even like the portrayals of the the horrors of war feel like a Hallmark commercial, if you've seen that Hallmark commercial about war, which is more effective than this movie. Yeah. Um, the The story that lurks behind the surface of the decisions they had to make immediately following the the machine doing some stuff. I'm not, it was good, but I, I'm now I'm questioning an, whether or not even that was true. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so that's about it. I think. All right. Non spoilers. Fair enough. Willie, what'd you think of the imitation game? Um, <clears throat> I didn't do any of the, yeah, I didn't read up on it afterwards. So I didn't really know. I didn't read up on the stuff Nick read up on. So I guess I'll have to do that. Cause that's interesting that it's not, especially about the performance. I think that's the most interesting thing that it's not really. Yeah that close to the actual guy. So I don't know, but uh, disregard that for now. Okay. I, I enjoyed his performance. Um, I thought I can see why he is um, being considered for awards during award season and stuff. It makes sense to me. He, he, he creates a character in this movie, whether or not it's factual to the actual guy. He does create an interesting character and, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Lots of times I think Cumberbatch gets kind of pigeonholed into just like British guy who's art like that's just yeah. you know what i mean i don't know it just tends to happen and dragons i mean there's that too but um because he looks like a lizard but um i mean that in the best way possible i wish i looked like a lizard too oh he looks like a thumbs up <laughs> um but uh this time he he is there's definitely a twist on it and he he feels like a, this is a very different performance for him at least i think yeah um 
But you can see where he draws from some of his other uh, characters he's played. Some stuff from Sherlock, kind of the quirkiness and the social awkward. You know what I mean? That, yeah. kind, of, that kind of stuff. That's, which is cool. Um, I thought the rest of the cast was serviceable. I, didn't, I don't think there were any major standouts. No. Um, I thought they did their jobs. And, uh, and that was, I don't know. I, I didn't dislike anybody, but I wasn't blown away by anybody either. I don't think there's really that many characters that you get the opportunity to get to know that well, which is kind of a bummer. Mark Strong um, is really good. Yeah. He's like shady, shady MI6 guy. Yep. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. And, yep. um, and, and Charles Dance in his very limited role, of course, he's always great at playing kind yeah. of the antagonistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was good. So if you're going to cast somebody in that role, he's probably the guy to go he with. He was funny. He had some zingers in there. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Um, but, you know, got, people like, uh, like Keira Knightley actually is a pretty darn good actress when she has stuff that she, to, to work with. And she was kind of a blank slate in this movie for me. Yeah. I think there were moments where she was, the character started to show through a little bit, like like some of her, uh, beyond her just kind of being his his friend and and his um, colleague and stuff. Like there was there was a bit of like individualism going on, and it yeah. kind of just poof. Um, and Matthew Good's a really good actor too, and he. I wish, I wish they had done more with his character as well. Um, and I wish that they had done a better job of kind of developing like a camaraderie between the yeah the group because when that when things start to happen that advance the relationships in the group it's you know it's really sudden it just kind of happens and and, yeah. and I and I it, the, it happens for the plot well that's the thing is the sad part is like when it was happening I like I wanted to feel like you wanted to be along for that ride yeah and then yeah. I was like oh all right. There were there were definitely parts in the movie where I felt like I, I had gotten up and gone to the bathroom and bought a popcorn and like walked <laughs> around and watched other posters and then come back because <laughs> the movie just jumps ahead and yeah not even in a way that like historical movies do where you like see the the little you know text at the bottom that says 1942 or like yeah. two years later it just felt like it would just leap forward no, it's just like Keira Knightley's like you got to be friends and then everybody's friends yeah a little bit yeah yeah the um. The time jumping in the movie, the bouncing around between the few Oof, different time periods, two, two, yeah, it's no, pretty no rough early on. Uh, I got the hang of it. The three time periods. Yeah, the, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. yep. I, I, I got the hang of it. Not too long into it, but it was for a minute there. I was like, well, "Where are it we?" It was confusing early on, and I wish they would have done a better job of setting up like make Cumberbatch look different <laughs> you know what I mean like do something to yeah. like yeah. I don't yeah. care age, like age him up a bit and, well, give him a sweet mustache like, I don't know. Only like six years afterwards basically right. so yeah but I mean that, yeah. they could have done something I yep. feel like and they didn't make much of an effort to do that and yeah. I mean yeah maybe I'm just stupid but no but they just like quit labeling it afterwards kind of just, and then you get a little bit lost um, yeah. the whole the whole third timeline chronologically is hysterically unnecessary the 1951 yes yeah does not need to be in the movie, yeah, at all. I, I would. It I, frankly I, makes I agree. no fucking sense. Like what's no. going on that whole time? They You're don't. Just like, they don't bother explaining any of it. They don't really like do it. Like even where they end it with, they don't like. They don't drive home any of the points about it at well, all. Well, the main thrust of that whole what you're watching in the future or not the future, I guess maybe the present timeline, so to speak, and the latest 51, of the timelines would never happen in a bazillion years. Never. Oh man, I can't really get more into it without <laughs> well, getting into spoilers. All right, real quick, we'll, I do want we'll to say I, over that. overall, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I, I I walked out of the theater feeling happy with having seen it. Um, I know maybe I was kind of sticking with the negative stuff there, but there are there are positives, and the biggest positive being, um, I, I love I love when a movie for me I, I didn't know anything about this particular aspect of of. Um, of the war and, and I, I think it's interesting and I th- I it makes me want to do further reading on it and I think if, if that's the goal of the movie is to kind of enlighten you on these guys like were such an integral part of the yeah. you know that then I think that's cool. Then it, it served its purpose and and I, I appreciate it for that. That's a so, great point. Yeah. Yeah. It made it made me want to learn more about what it was you know portraying on screen. So I that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think I would recommend this movie, like, and I'll just start here. I would recommend this movie simply just to learn more about Alan Turing, to kind of start pointing you into the direction to learn more. Uh, as as Nick kind of said, like, I was very, like, upon reading more, because I had never known much about how Alan Turing interacted with society, if he had that kind of, like, 
genius intellect Oscar bait like personality that has that touch of Asperger's and can't connect with other people. I think if that were true, as Willie said, then, or as, as Nick said, then it would be perfect. And that would be like, that would have been a spot on portrayal, but I do appreciate this as kind of a gateway into learning more about Alan Turing. It makes me sad that there might be a lot of people that just think this is the story and stick to it. That sucks. However, I did enjoy the movie. It is very formulaic. Nick said paint by numbers earlier. That's that is really how it feels. It just it's like here's boilerplate biopic war war like behind the scenes war movie. And it it's disappointing. There's not much more to it from that. <clears throat> but I did enjoy it. The score I thought was really awesome. Uh Alexandra Despla or however you say his name did a fantastic job. I like Desplat. Desplat, yeah. Desplat. <laughs> I liked how um a lot of the scenes about Alan or that or or have a lot of motion in like any 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 time that like uh, momentum is being built, the score is very mechanical, which is I think interesting for the machine that he's making. I thought like it keeps it keeps on the beat, which is really cool. <clears throat> so I did enjoy the score very much, and and Benedict Cumberbatch does does a great job creating a character here, but it's it's hard for me to really separate what he does from the factual inaccuracy of it all. Like it's, it's, it's a strange beast to kind of look into it. And I remember like reading some of the, uh, some of the, the, the uh, buzz from the, the festivals about this and um, the theory of everything, the uh, Stephen Hawking movie and how both people were just kind of like, or people that had seen both movies were just kind of like, I don't know how much this really deals with the reality of it all. Like, it's disappointing to me that, like, the conflict in this movie with Dennison, Charles Dance's character, is invented to have conflict for the film. Uh, like, it would just, it, I, I feel like the story, and it's, it's a lot like Argo to me. The story on its own is interesting enough to carry a movie. Like, the fact that we won the war off of the efforts of these men is really, really compelling. And... I think that's something that could have allowed the movie to stand on its own morals. And I don't think it was necessary to invent a, a character who, who can't connect with people and, and conflicts that didn't happen and kind of set up the idea that there was a spy working at the radio at the same time when in fact they didn't even like they didn't cross paths. Like that was true. There was a spy working at the radio factory, but he had nothing to do with Alan Turing at the time. They just put that in there to add a little bit more of conflict. Like it's, which is, you know, if you have to make, if you have to take some liberties for the sake of telling a story of of making a compelling movie, I understand. Change little things here and there. Like I, like I was saying earlier, uh, in real life, apparently the machine worked a lot sooner than it does in the movie. Yeah, and things that the timeline's different that's fine like if you have to push that back a little bit just to kind of keep me invested that's cool because i was kind of enjoying that whole struggle but yeah it'd be pretty boring to yeah but hey, the, i like all you guys the, and let's make a machine it's made we win <laughs> the bummer about the movie though to me is that a lot of people are myself included initially were hailing this as like yes this poor guy's story is finally going to be told this yeah. guy is finally going to get credit and that's just not even really true no. anymore because, yeah, there's a movie about a guy named Alan Turing being made. But, like, there's a lot of people that out there that are taking this movie really, 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 really seriously. And they're like, this is incredible. This is such a step forward for, you know, gay rights and all that kind of stuff. And now people are going to see what this guy went through. And, like, he didn't really go through it that much. I mean, so. I... And we'll get to there, that. There are aspects of his turn. life, yeah, yeah. But overall, it's just kind of a drag that it had to be Hollywood, Hollywoodized, yeah. so much. Like this makes me wish that it was a documentary, and like I would have, like if this was like a the British Ken Burns putting together like a two-hour, like <laughs> this is the story of Alan Turing. The I would, I would have been more invested in invested in that, just because I don't think this is something, or or just even a, a writer director tandem that. You know, I don't. I know. I know the praises of Nolan get sung too much, but just as a, as an example, he he doesn't really spare audiences when it comes to some of the science in Interstellar. Yeah. He just goes, 
this is what would happen. And it's it's dense. And if you're not paying attention, you might get a little bit lost. If they had even gotten into that a little bit more in this movie with the with the machinery and what exactly is being attempted and how the enigma works and all that kind of stuff, because the movie just literally goes, here's a magic box that we can't fix. Here's a magic man who will invent a magic machine that will fix it, and magic will happen, and we win the war. That's yeah. barely an exaggeration. All right, we're, we're going to... What I want to say is going to bleed into spoilers. Any final thoughts before spoiler, Terry? No. no. I wanna all right, it. we're going to go right into spoiler, Terry. Here we are in spoiler, Terry. Please plug in your cryptographic key in order to understand the rest of this podcast. But I, <laughs> nice. I, one of the things that you brought up, Nick, that I really wish that they would have spent more time on is the gravity of the choices that they had to make mm-hmm. after they brought the because because they have one scene about this character who you really don't give a shit about because you don't spend any time with him because he and Turing aren't really that good of friends because Turing isn't friends with any of the people on the team. His brother's gonna die if he doesn't if they don't do anything about it. Right, and that's like it gets boiled down to that conflict. But these people are, and you get it in a montage. These people are sitting there with the statistical analysis of this is the likelihood if you do something about this that they will have that all of our work will be invalidated. These are the things that you can do without them really completely noticing that they need to change up the enigma. Like I, I feel like that is so much more compelling than they ever show in this movie. Oh yeah. That's amazing. The idea of coming up with a science to guide the rest of the war. Yeah. Is a, an awesome idea. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, also not true, but in the, <laughs> in the confines of the movie, it's really cool. Yeah. And no, I, I totally agree. That was really, I was like, Whoa, cause they're little, sit down with Mark Strong was really cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's a really interesting theory because if I were in their shoes, I'd be like, ooh, uh, here you go. Like, you guys handle this. But it's interesting that they naturally want to find a way to continue the work that they've started. Cause it's and then a the movie's just kind of like, and the movie's yeah. over. Yeah, no, like, it's a completely valid point. Like, if they tip their hand that they've cracked Enigma, then they'll just figure out a different way to and, do it. And yeah, for sure. Like, that's... Absolutely. But so that that was disappointing to me that they didn't focus on that a little bit more. And um, <clears throat> one other thing I really, really, really wondered. Um, and I read a little, a little bit of what I read bled into this a little bit, too. But it seems really un- unlikely that there would be like five people, six people trying to go through all these messages. Like, it seemed like they should have had a way bigger team. Well, they had a really weird depiction of that because they were essentially just a bunch of people in rooms with like i think enigma machines like rebuilt enigma or i don't know no they were just with with typewriters kind of typing out the messages that they were in they were they were trying to descramble the messages just to just by well but i like they're like i don't think you get the full picture of like the cryptographic wing of of the government at this time like it's a really no because it felt like Six dudes in a garage, yeah, with a machine that might work. When I and I have a feeling that <laughs> there was something a little more advanced than that going on at yeah. the time, anyway. And um, and even then, even so, once the machine does work, uh, do you make more of them to start decrypting more messages? Because I'm sure there's not literally one German telephone line. Well, that's it's like a- Hitler just hello, <laughs> general, do the thing, and then hanging Heil Hitler, Heil me, and then hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's probably hundreds of communications being well, sent. And I don't know if Germany has like 500 enigmas that they're using to scramble all these. Or like they never really explained the parameters of enigma. Like is there one? No, there's not one because they had one, but it didn't work. That's anymore. probably pretty simplified for the – I think that's – yeah, that but, seems like it's kind I, of streamlined I, for the movie. I wonder well, why little... do that is kind of the drag, the bummer I'm feeling is why why boil your movie down so hard? I don't know. Yeah. I think I think the – not that the focus shifts, but I think it, I think it tries to shift a little bit more onto him, him as a homosexual towards the end of the movie. Certainly, like that kind of it starts to take that route Which, and kind of, and I think that's that's I don't remember, but that that's around the point when it kind of starts to focus on that aspect of the character where they start doing that stuff, where yeah. they start getting into kind of like the 
planning of the war, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of doesn't, you don't get a chance to see more of that because you're so focused on the, you know what I'm saying? On the, yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's another interesting, interesting thing is a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm really glad the movie didn't focus on his sexuality. It wasn't about his sexuality. I wasn't defining him by that. But then the same people are turning around and going, oh man, I'm really glad his homosexuality is being explored and like he's being recognized for it's just kind of a, and the movie almost did kind of the same thing where it was like, here, I want to talk about that, but the whole movie's going to be about this instead. Yeah. And like if the movie was a little bit more about him struggling with hiding his homosexuality, which even so felt a little weird because in the movie, he's just like, hey, I'm gay. And the dude's like, yeah, I thought so. And she's like, I thought you were gay too. And everybody kind of thinks he's gay. So yeah. who cares? It was just kind of, it painted it in a weird light because it's like, it's illegal. Don't be gay. And then. Everyone seems to know, though. So. Yeah, it's just portrayed in a really just weird strange. way. strange. I mean, and it, I, who knows? It might be one of those things where, like, certain sexual acts right now are illegal here and in the, the United <sighs> States. But if it were to come out... Like, the way that it apparently come out in reality was that one of his partners was spurned somehow and burgled his house. Like, that. apparently that is true. That's how it happened. And it is shown in the movie that way. And... um and the, it came out in that investigation that Alan Turing was gay, and then they charged him with being a homosexual. So, like, and like maybe because it came up in the investigation, that's when the police are like, "All right, we need to do something about this." Maybe it's not something where, it, like, it's never a point where they're like, they have the task force looking for gay people to prosecute. But that was the that was the part of the movie that annoyed me the most. Um, and what I had started to touch on a few minutes ago yeah. with the third timeline, as I'm calling it now. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody, especially someone as intelligent and good at keeping secrets as this uh, Alan Turing was, would ever just tell a, a cop, here's the whole story. Like I, when it, when it finally turned out that that's kind of what he was doing the whole time, I just went... <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no way. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like I, I don't, I, I, I. To me, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I, that sort of stuff never happens. It happened once this year. Yeah, and Edward Snowden did it, and look what happened. Like that's people don't talk about those kind of things because you can't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that was just like a weird mechanism. It was a for... hor- yeah, it was horrible. Just tell me the story. You don't need okay. to build in this weird. The only, literally, the only upside to it was the opening monologue by him was amazing. Yeah. That was so good. But even if that had just been there, like him to, like a note to the audience, yeah. I would have been totally fine with it because that whole if, subplot of, of this I, cop, I got, I got, an, I man, I got a hunch. This guy's up to something. What? He won the war? And I think, oh. but I, but I think that was kind of like it, it injected this, in, wow, it injected this weird kind of humanity to what happened and that it's not like they were trying to prosecute him for being gay but it ended up being brought to the attention yeah and i i get i get that from the look on the cop's face he's like oh man i put this amazing person in trouble because uh of of what i did and now everyone knows he's gay and i've ruined his life and all that i get that i don't need it though like you said the real story is interesting enough yeah yeah, but uh, you know, I don't know. It's like it's still to me disgusting that at any point in our history that something like that could happen. That the government would basically be like, "We are going to chemically castrate you because we don't think you should have sex with people that you choose to have sex with." Obviously, even, even though you saved, what did they say? At the end of fourteen million like, people. But even at like, least. even like beyond that, you it's cut like, two years off the war. It's not. It's not like you need to cut two years off the war to be a gay guy. I, well, I, I know that, <laughs> but you, you would think they'd at least give him a little bit of a pass on that one. That's I mean, true, but it's it's still just give kind him a of, give the guy a mulligan, like. And that's another thing is that he wouldn't have gotten. He wouldn't. <laughs> How many straight people did he save? This seems fair. <laughs> It wouldn't be like it wouldn't even be a mulligan because they're not like they weren't allowed to know that story. That's the secret. When he was orchestrating the rest of the war, he was only saving gay people, <laughs> yeah. gay soldiers. He was eliminating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say real quick that I have a question too for you guys. First thing is, um, I don't think that the I don't know all the like the differences in his character from the real yeah. guy to yeah, but I don't think it takes away from his like kind of illuminating his accomplishments. So I think that's a good thing. 
That's true. I will say that. I think it's still, at, yes, people might have the wrong idea about who he was as a human being, but at least they go, that's the guy who did, you know, like, that's good. At least his name's out there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The second thing I want to say is, I don't know, have, has everybody seen Braveheart? Mm-hmm. It's been a table? long time, but. You guys Braveheart fans? Did you enjoy it? I like Braveheart. Yeah. It's strange to me, and this I'm totally guilty of this too, that I'm bothered by certain movies not being historically accurate, but other ones I'm like, eh, I like that movie anyway. It's so weird. Like, why do we? Yeah. Why do our? How does that? I'm. Do you guys have any idea of like for yeah, you? I is there is there something that makes or breaks it with a real? I don't know. To I, me, to me, I don't think there is anything in this movie in this particular film. Like, I don't think the way that they portray this story is enough to just be like, we are doing all of these changes to make it exceptional. Okay. Like, this movie is not fantastic because of those changes they made. Something like Braveheart, it all came together in a way that made it this really, like, beautifully rounded film. This didn't come out that way. There's still a lot okay. of rough edges. There's, and so that, I think, is when it bothers me a lot. So they they make changes to if, if they alter the the history of of what the story they're telling, but it's it's changes made that actually improve the film yeah. the product. Then you're cool with it. But if they're changes that feel unnecessary, you're like that was that's ridiculous. Okay, yeah. I got that makes sense. No, you, that's, 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 a, answer. that's a pretty good rule. That's a, yeah, it's good. What, do you have anything additionally, Nick, or do you have anything differently? I think the reason it bothers me a lot with this movie is it's a relatively recent happening in the in the span of the world I okay. mean, if, we're, if we're going back to braveheart you know and like gladiator and that kind of thing um exodus <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot more happened. there's a lot more historical unknown to play with in those capacities. and this is the first time this this on this scale that this story is being told yeah and i think that the thing that really bothers me is the people that, like I said, are a lot of people are getting the really wrong idea about the movie. And like Willie said, it's great that it's bringing awareness to the guy, and hopefully, some people start Wikipediaing his name and yeah. doing some reading and going, "Oh wow, that that's really interesting." And it's it is it is good that his that uh, that some of that's being told. It's a drag that a lot of it's being told inaccurately, though. And yeah. that as much as we want to do him justice, we're not doing him justice because we we turn him into a into a cartoon character. Yeah. Like, I just do the guy justice. Tell a story. Like This is credited as being based on a novel. I'm wondering how good of a job the novel does. Well, based on a novel is... Exodus and, is based on a novel. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how it happened. That's and, and, you know, there's things like Noah, where obviously Noah is nowhere... I mean, we won't we won't use the term historically, historically accurate, but it's not really Bible accurate either. But it's no. so out there that it's clearly... And Aronofsky has not hidden the fact that it's his interpretation. But, you know, there's, and I could, and you know, who, I don't even know if there's a definite rule for, for what's, what makes me satisfied with historically accurate, because I really loved 12 Years a Slave, and Solomon Northrup's story could be totally wrong in the movie compared to how it was in real life. Do, do you think all, also part of it is, I'm sorry, I know we're kind of past time here, but do you think part of it is um, how they present it as a true story? Do you, th- I remember talking about Pain and Game, Pain and Game, when we reviewed Pain and Game, <laughs> and let's not yeah, get back into that, but... <laughs> But uh, I remember being annoyed because they, they kept – most movies say this is based on a true story or this is based on a novel or whatever. Yeah. But Pain and Gain kept saying this is a true story, and it <laughs> said it multiple times throughout the movie, and it really pissed me off because I'm like, it's not a true story. You're lying to me. Like, Was so that, it, was that it, super inaccurate also? Yes, yeah, super duper. To okay. so be real – go ahead. Do you think it, some, it has to do with the language a little bit too? I mean do you think if, if – if the director and and the people behind the behind the camera are presenting a movie that clearly displays it as this is based on truth, it's not verbatim. You know what I'm saying? You Somet- think- sometimes that that typical ending of the movie scene of like some character in like a montage moment, and then we see text at the bottom, and ten years later, so and so did this, and so and so did that. Sometimes that gets really offensively just. Ugh, just ridiculous. Like I think about a movie that did it well, like October Sky, where it combined the real life footage of the people, and like obviously you can't always do that, but yeah. a movie like that that does it really well, where it tells you where they went and what they did, and it and it it handles it with with a little bit of uh, of grace. And this movie, it felt really again hallmarky is the only word I can think of. It yeah. felt it felt very corny, and like I wanted to know what happened to the rest of the characters, but 
It just was more, it was just, again, driving the nail further of like, poor, poor Alan Turing. Like, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, I understand that his life didn't end well, but you're just trying to, I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're milking it too much. I, I, I feel like the Coen brothers taught everybody to never believe those words. Because Fargo is an absolutely false story, and it begins with, this is a true story. Like, uh, that, yeah. I, I think those words just cannot be taken seriously anymore. And, and, no... and to be honest, anybody, anybody who, who watches movies should know that. But not everybody does know that. No, that's true. You know, that's so... True. Oh, and it's know. not really... It's just kind of tasteless sometimes to do that. Sometimes it is. I, 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 I'm not going to get into what I was going to talk about, but... What, Pain Again? No, 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 no. <laughs> there was like a found footage movie that was just so uh. unbelievably angry. I don't even remember the name of it. It made me so angry. I don't remember the name of the movie, but they... You never burned mind. it from your mind yeah. just out of I spite. Wanna, I don't want to talk about it. It had Mila right. Jovovich in it. it it's bad. called Fantastic Four. It's <laughs> <laughs> not Fantastic Four. All right. I, I, I did want to talk about the Eureka moment. I really loved the Eureka moment in this movie. That was the one, the one great yeah. scene. It was really cool. It's really, really great. It's beautifully done. It felt just, so genuine. I was right there. I was like, yeah. Get them yes. nasties. <laughs> But and, and just kind of the mechanism. I don't know if that's how they kind of figured out that they could crack the code or not. I don't like it. So it could have been like them around a meeting table and be like, well, they seem to say Heil Hitler a lot. And then just bam, Let's try that. that was it. But I really, you know, I really had really high hopes for this movie. I wanted there to be a great movie that addressed like the intelligence aspect of the war. But I don't feel bad saying I'd rather watch Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf in a tank shooting Nazis. Yeah. That was the better <laughs> World War II era movie. What if that was the name of the movie? Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf shooting Nazis in a tank. <laughs> and there may or may not be homosexual undertones in that movie as well. <laughs> that's, true, that's true. We didn't even talk Yeah, we didn't talk about that in the episode. That was oh. another yeah. time. Plant that seed. Yep, that's there. Like the come up, maybe it'll come up in the top ten somewhere, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> oh. All right. I think we have gone on quite long yeah um i so imitation game indeed yes aptly named yeah yeah the poor imitation mm-hmm. game oh it's too bad that'd be my buzzfeed title oh god nailed it crushed <laughs> it 10k hits screw you buzzfeed i don't know, probably shouldn't say that uh as always feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com write us what you think of the show or what we talk about any of that good stuff you can also talk to us on twitter at mfn podcast also follow us on instagram there feedback can also go on our facebook you can search for us midwest film nerds podcast we're also on vine we just posted a vine go check it out pretty good that's what i'm gonna do as soon as i stop recording this yeah go to midwestfilmnerds.com for all of our previous episodes and some great editorial work like that of one alexander paul goykov star of stage and screen his uh treatise on racial diversity in the star wars saga and if we're lucky we'll get another uh movies for recluses thing yeah again. everybody please uh tweet tim at tim long one tw let him know we we need uh top 10 movies for recluses of 2014 yeah there needs to be a sequel i think that that needs to, to Guys, happen if there's anything this podcast should have taught you it's don't force it don't force a sequel I, but no i mean i do agree that we need it I'm just kidding. Tim, do it. <laughs> I w- I w- if I can remember my Twitter password, Tim, I will sign in and tweet at you. Good. Do it. Good. All of you. Do Force that. it. Uh, at Mr. John, thank you for our artwork, at least. I don't know what the music's going to be for this one. I might throw a few other things in. So yeah, yeah. thank you, everybody else, Finally. for all that music. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Next week, top 10 anticipated or most anticipated of 2015 we don't have to see a movie next week no oh my god i probably still will i i should there's a lot of i need to we should i need to recap some 2014 movies before we get our actual top 10s out that'll be coming later this month at some point next month at some point yeah soon so yep anyway kyle xy go watch a movie
understand why would why why would valerie want him to be the same boy that he used to be Did, oh, like his <laughs> maybe he moved away from his small town. Maybe, maybe 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 she didn't have any problems with him maybe they just broke up because of circumstance and she's she wants him to be the same boy that he used to be is that what you're saying maybe it's like a like a 10 years situation and yeah, that's like, true. And he was say maybe maybe he liked her in high school and she didn't reciprocate that feeling and now she does and he's he's warning her I'm the same boy I used to be. I'm not any, I'm still I'm in not love any with you. different. I'm wow. still in love. Ah, mm. 